0: All these goals and dreams, or like experiences that you want to have, you're missing out on them right now. You're not having them because you're constantly waiting to have it be approved by a certain body size. And in the meantime, you're missing out on your life.
1: Welcome to the Co-Create Cafe. This is a space where we get curious about expanding our mental freedom, listening to our soul, and co-creating our best life. Join me and my guests as we explore living intentionally and discovering more choice in our everyday. I'm Esti Raskin. I'm so excited to have Rachel Goodman here on the podcast. Rachel and I were in high school together. And I was so excited to find you on Instagram a few years ago, I guess about the time that I started getting on Instagram. And it's been really just amazing to watch your growth on Instagram as a leader in the intuitive eating space. And what really inspires me is the very honest and authentic and very, very compassionate way that you show up on Instagram. Like you're teaching people a lot of stuff, but you do it in such a way that shows how much you care about people and how much you don't judge people and I really uh, see your passion it's so obvious it comes through your passion for helping people and can you tell us what drives that what drives that passion and where did it start oh my gosh first of all thank you that hit me to my core like
0: that's literally what I hope the message is and so when someone's like okay that's that's clearly what I'm feeling I feel like okay I'm, I'm doing I'm doing things right yeah. so- that feels really good. What's driven this is, it, first of all, it definitely starts from my own place. Like, I think in most people that are passionate about helping people in an area usually comes from some personal place where you felt that pain, yeah. you felt that struggle, maybe not exactly the same as other people because we're individuals and we have our own experience. So, I would never say, like, I, you know, I know exactly how you feel or exactly because I don't know you and I, I Probably don't, but I do relate to a certain struggle that I'm helping you solve. And so definitely started, you know, with intuitive eating, if anyone doesn't know what intuitive eating is, it's basically really helping you realign yourself with your body's cues and listening to your hunger, stopping when you're full for the most part, right? Like those are not rules, but eating in a way that feels good to your body. And, and really a lot of people would describe it as like, I just want to feel normal with food. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone's like feeling like they're binge eating and they have, they're overthinking food choices. Like, I feel so guilty for eating this chocolate. And like, forget it. I ruined my day. Now I'm going to go have like cake and then they feel nauseous and then they feel bad and then they start talking, you know, it's like a whole spiral. Yeah. Um, And so intuitive eating really helps you walk away from that and say, okay, instead of following all these diets and rules and negative like thought patterns, I'm going to come back to self-trust. I'm going to really learn how to listen to my body because it has, we don't realize that it has so much wisdom to tell us how to eat in a way that's nourishing because your body wants to feel good. And it doesn't, you know, want to have five slices of cake as much as people are like, well, if I listen to my body, I'm just going to have like cake all day. And it's like, well, Are you going to feel good? Probably not. You're probably going to want a vegetable at some point. And so intuitive eating really teaches you how to realign yourself with your body in a way that feels good and honors your body's needs without guilt and without all the overthinking. So eating really feels simple as it should. If you think about like a three-year-old when they eat, it's very like simple, unless you look a picky eater, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, most <laughs> kids, it's very simple. They're not overthinking, should I have a bite of that? Or should I have a bite of that? Do I have to compensate later? They just like eat. Right. They Sometimes they eat more, sometimes they eat less. And then as long as we don't interfere with that and we offer them a variety of foods and a healthy environment and structure, they eat in a balanced way. And then they continue growing and they're healthy and there are no issues. And we all have those skills to continue into adulthood, except that it gets interrupted with all these diet rules and like body image struggles. And so that's a long way to say that I was pretty much struggling with that for most of my life, like as early, probably my first negative body image thought was as young as like five or six. I think it was, I had watched a little mermaid who's like, all the Disney princesses are like. Stick thin. And I remember thinking, like, I don't look like her and I want to look like her, which is crazy. Like, it's just the messaging that, yeah, that you're seeing. But it really got to like where I started actually doing dieting and taking like things into my own hands and trying to manipulate body size was like when I was 11. And so that was when I was like, okay, I, I need to do something about changing my body size and believing that I needed to lose weight. Cause like we have all this messaging of, Well, and I really believe this as a kid and even into like my teen years. And I think subconsciously we still think this as as adults and like, well, then I'll be popular. I'll have a lot of friends and people will like me and I'll be confident and like all my problems will be solved. And I'll be so happy if I was just skinny or smaller than what I am. And so when I was 11, I started dieting in the sense of. Um, I cut out recess snacks. So essentially I had this understanding if I eat less, I'll lose weight, like the whole calorie mm. thing, which is crazy at 11 years old. So but yeah. Girls, yeah, but girls as young as eight are doing this, like, yeah. and they pick it up from media, from parents, like they mm-hmm. see you. And so that really like kicked off my yo-yo dieting, which basically was like, I was good. I was on a diet. I followed the plan. And then somewhere along the way, there was this really yummy cheesecake that I really, really wanted or Sometimes it was even, like, chicken. Like, the chicken was so good. And mm-hmm. I end up having, like, like three quarters. Uh, like, right, even, like, right. binge eating on chicken is a thing. Like, we think, like, oh, well, it's vegetables, it's fine. But, like, if you're eating... Vegetables to the point where you're stuffed and your stomach hurts. That's not a normal behavior. That is a disordered eating behavior. And so I had all those kind of things where like I was doing a different trying different diets. It worked for a while. For me, a while was like probably maximum. (laughs) Some people are are longer, some people like a year, two years. But at some point, like it breaks. There's only so much you could like be constantly vigilant about what you're eating. And like, especially if you're not eating enough calories and like being hungry, it's just against the body's ways. Right. And so I would always end up at a point where I would go completely out of control with food. Cause I believed I'd get back on track the next day. Sometimes I would, sometimes the binging would last for like a week, but the point is I really like want to help people break free of this cycle because I know how life-sucking it is and like I remember sometimes it was just like disappointing and frustrating and then there were times where like I would cry like I just be like I just want food to be peaceful like I remember looking in the mirror after a binge and like just hating what I saw and thinking well, I just want to stop being at war with food so many times I would think that and I think believed that the whole admiration for people who lost weight partly was like oh yeah of course people admire them because that means they have willpower and they have self-control and they're able
1: to achieve this and so that just means i'm not strong enough. so it's like about their character even more than just about their body
0: Oh my god yes there's so much of of moral value mm-hmm. to like your body size and character and all of that and so it just made me feel worse and like i probably don't want it bad enough i'm not strong enough i don't have willpower if i really want it i would do something about it it was very like tough love which really tough love is a way to kind of mask <laughs> just being mean to yourself <laughs> yeah. like love well, should that's not so be loving. Tough. <laughs> No no so that's kind of where i was for like on a, on a roller coaster for years. And I just remember different, like, I have pictures of seminary of, um, you know, vacations, things like that, where I just remember how I felt. Like I'm smiling in the picture and I did have a good time. I'm not gonna make it as if like, it made me depressed in every area of my life, which it can for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it definitely put this like cloud on it where I will look a picture and I'm like, I remember feeling so bloated. And I ordered this meal and I didn't even enjoy it because like I had binged the night before. And I had like no appetite for it, but I'm like, you know, I'll just think of like a vacation that I was like in France. I'm literally thinking of a picture right now. I'm with my friends at this restaurant near Paris and we had ordered a meal. And like, instead of enjoying this like amazing meal, I was disappointed because I had binged the night before on like random stuff. And it just, it just kind of is this like cloud over you all the time. And it's, you don't even realize how much is a life thief until you realize there's another way. Like, I didn't know there was another way. I didn't know, like, it really started to hit me like this concept of listening to your body after seminary where, and this was kind of just the start of it. Cause this journey lasts a few years for me. But when I came back from seminary, you know, you like a lot of girls put on weight and it's almost like you're inviting it because like oh well everyone puts on weight in seminary and whoever's listening who doesn't know what seminary is I'm assuming everyone does but whoever doesn't know it's like kind of that gap year between high school and whatever you want to do with the rest of your life and you really focus a lot on like judaic studies and depending on which one you go to like I went to Israel so there was a lot of traveling a lot of young food and all of that so that's kind of like my gap year and there was a lot of like I remember binge eating on like toasted chocolate sandwiches because Israel has like chocolate spread and Mm -hmm. it's like very normal to have chocolate sandwiches. And I remember eating it and thinking, I don't like, this has no more taste. Like you get to a point where you binge, where like, or you're eating so much that like your taste buds get desensitized, which by the way, now understanding that that's actually a mechanism of how smart your body is to tell you to stop if you listen. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because when, if you notice... When you eat, when you're really hungry, food is delicious. Like, especially if you're super hungry, even bread will be amazing. Like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. It'll be delicious. And then as you're eating and the fuller you get, if you're paying attention, the taste, it might still taste good, but the taste and the satisfaction from it will diminish. And that's your body really being really smart, because if you're hungry, that means your body needs energy. And so your body needs to motivate you to eat. If food wasn't tasty, if we wouldn't get a reward response from it, then we
1: wouldn't be motivated to eat it. Like, why do we even eat food? Because it's yummy and it tastes good and it feels good. So there's a lot of like science and knowledge about the body as part of this approach.
0: 100 percent and so yeah your body's like super smart it has so many mechanisms and we could go into that and like explaining what like what that is uh, but just to the point that we're talking about with your hunger so it's making food taste like really good and yummy more so than if you're full to motivate you to eat and then as your body senses that you're getting full and you're getting enough energy to continue surviving basically it's going to send signals that hey we can stop now and different signals you would get is yes stomach distension like your stomach will feel full. But also if you pay attention to taste, it's no longer motivated for the taste for the food to taste amazing because you can stop now. So as much as the food is tasting good, you will notice a, a shift in the change when you have a healthy relationship right. with
1: food. When you start to have an awareness about it.
0: Yes, because if you have an unhealthy relationship with food and you're restricting and then you're having the cheesecake and you're like, well, I just been on it was delicious the whole time. It's like, that's because you are in, your body's kicking into survival mode and it's trying to get you to eat as much as possible because you're constantly, constantly sending it the message that you're not going to eat that food and you're going to have food off limits, even if you're surrounded by food, even if you binge ate a week ago or you ate enough, like if that day, let's say you went for seven hours without eating and you have food rules where you're constantly telling yourself this food is off limits, your brain just understands the messaging of like, hey, we're not going to get enough food. We need to do what we can to get enough food now. And so that triggers binge eating. And you're gonna. it's going to be very hard for you to really tell the nuances of how the taste changes But when you start to give yourself permission, when you start to listen to hunger and honoring it in time and doing this healing work, which is, you know, it's a process. There's lots to cover on how to do that. You start to actually notice like, Hey, actually I'm good. I'm good now. That was delicious. I can stop. I'm satisfied because you know, you can have it again because your body's getting enough nourishment. And so back to what I was saying, like with Israel and like, I was not in that place and I was not paying attention. I was stuck in my own head about food rules and all in our mentality. And so the only time I would finally realize the food is like no more taste to it is when I was really nauseous and super, super full. And that's right. when I would stop. So the point is, yeah. So I kind of had this like my own experience. And then when it, things started to really shift, when I came back from, seminary and I had put on weight and I realized though that I'm like hey the second I think about the word diet I want to eat everything like it's automatic
1: so you noticed that for yourself
0: yes at 19 I realized that and I decided my goal was still weight loss um I wasn't yet a weird still about intuitive eating and like health at every size and how body image plays a role in that. But I did start to reconnect to some of my intuitive um, aspects of myself and my body. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to restrict myself. I'm not going to do anything crazy. Uh, Like I'm just going to eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full which is where you kind of turn into a, into a diet and I'll explain the, the uh-huh. kind of the issues with that long term. And I also constantly told myself like, it's okay. These foods are not going away anytime soon. You could have them once you lose weight. So there was kind of this mm-hmm. pseudo permission of you will eventually have yummy food. Like you will be able to, it's not running away. It's not the last chance you're going to have something yummy. And so honestly, like that did work for a while and I got compliments. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you lost weight, all that and I had a pretty peaceful phase of like nine months. Like it was wonderful. Like I wasn't worried about food. I was able to listen to my body. I wasn't like under eating or anything like that. The thing with that is that I hadn't really healed at the core, my relationship with food, which was like the morality of like good versus bad or really healing my body image and knowing that like, no matter what size I am, even if you know, you don't love your body, you're still worthy beyond that. And like your problems won't be solved just by like, you know losing weight like it's
1: so much deeper than that so food is just the entry point meaning like intuitive eating is about much more than food it's about much more than your food rules and food is like your struggles with food is kind of the entry point into a much deeper healing
0: oh uh, that's such a good point a hundred percent your struggles with food are a lot less about the food and a lot more about your belief system. And most people's belief system, it all comes back to what they believe about body size. Most people struggle with food when they start to struggle with their body size. Most people, there are people who don't, but like for the most part, I'm willing to bet like 90% of people who struggle with food and their relationship with food, it started when they started to struggle with their body image. And that's a belief system. Um, But before we get into that, just kind of want to kind of wrap up the point we were talking before basically long story short you know I realized like that still wasn't working I reverted back eventually to like back to my binge eating ways and back on a diet and back and binging I never said I'm on a diet like I was always like not on a diet but really what I was doing was a diet because my whole focus was like not to gain weight or to lose weight and so I had decided to because I was still like you know I shouldn't have this and then I started to have a cookie and then that like I hadn't had a cookie in like months, but then as soon as I had the cookie at first it was one and then it was two and then it kind of like slipped back into my old ways because I hadn't done like you, like you're saying, the core healing and understanding of where these issues are coming from. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to go to college because I'm like, okay, let me figure out these issues like food issues. What is it to really eat healthy and balanced and like I could figure it out for myself and then I'll figure it out for other people. Um, I definitely did learn a law, and I learned what like balanced eating was, but I, again, I hadn't really addressed the core beliefs of what's underlying all those issues. And so I still, as a nutrition student would eat super balanced, but then I would still have like the, the binges at night or things like that, which made me feel even more shameful and like a fraud. Cause here I am right. learning to be a dietitian and like, I can't get it together. So it really kind of like escalated for me. Things started to take a turn. When I met my husband, which I know it's different for everybody, but like for first of all, I was not at my like my thinnest like I had already like over the two years gradually gained weight, gained the weight back that I had lost and I had met my husband then, and like it really reaffirmed to me that I was like oh, okay like because I don't know I had this belief especially if like you grow up in a sense where you're meeting guys through the shit system and like blind dating and you know we grew up very for the most part segregated like you all girls school all girls seminary all girls camp but I'm sure it's not exclusive to like growing up in this way but you have this belief especially as the media portrays it that like guys only like thin girls or beautiful girls or like all of that and so when I met my husband it was like the first start of realizing like hey that really does not matter as much as you think it does Mm -hmm. you know and I had also made the commitment to myself where I'm like you know what I don't want this like body image thing to be a part of my relationship and so everyone's different I don't Necessarily, I think that like this way is best for everybody because some people need to talk about it. Some people, their struggle is more intense. But for me, the 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 thing that helped me was like no longer making it the center of my life where I'm talking about it all the time. Because I used to talk about it all the time. I used to just ask my mom, my friends, did I gain weight? Did I lose weight? Did, did, did. All the t- in the mirror about myself. And once I got married, I, would, I made this commitment to myself where I'm like, you know what? Even if I have negative body image thoughts, like I'm not giving it my time like i'm not giving it voice i'm not going to spend hours hating myself and so that was kind of like a seed that was planted a little bit and then i had like my preg- like my two pregnancies with my with my daughters where i was still kind of focused on losing baby weight all of that i've never been an extreme like after when i was 19 and decided like you no know, diets don't work i kind of have never really done anything super extreme anymore but it was still very much focused on body size and worth, and definitely the struggles were still there. I just was not giving it as much like of my as much voice to it. Mm-hmm. But internally it was still there. It was when I had my second daughter that I well, I was already a dietitian at that point. And that's when I learned about intuitive eating and really, like, long story short, kind of did my own journey on that. And a lot of it already made sense to me and a lot of it I was already practicing you know listening to hunger the where I was struggling was more so like the food rules listening to fullness body image and so I had done that work for myself and then I was a dietitian at that point and that's when I felt like I I could no longer like with my own values, like it did not feel aligned anymore to keep focusing on weight loss and taking clients on and putting them on the scale and seeing like, if they lost two pounds, yay, they celebrated and moved on. If they didn't lose weight that week, even though they were doing quote unquote everything right, they would like, it would literally be a whole session about how badly they're feeling about themselves. And it just, I could see also that it wasn't serving them and ultimately realizing people want to be happy. And they believe that dieting and losing weight is going to be what's going to make them happy without realizing that all these things they are believing that they want for themselves, whether it's like feeling energetic in their body and having stamina and feeling good and um, feeling good about themselves and feeling confident, like that's all available right now. You just need to take it and learn how to take it and realign yourself with that, whether you lose weight or not, right? Like intuitive eating is not anti-weight loss. It's more so anti-weight focus because the weight focus is really the core beliefs of thinking if I'm not small, then I'm not worthy or I'm not admired or I'll be, you know, I won't be accepted. People are gonna judge me. And belonging only goes so far as self-acceptance, which I love. there's a quote from Brene Brown, which I love because we're constantly, you know when we're focusing on weight loss. And of course, there will be people who say different things like, no, I really want it for myself or I'm gonna have more energy. And we can address kind of those those comments. But the overall theme here, is that so many things you believe you'll have when you lose weight, like you can start aiming to get them right now without focusing on weight loss and instead focusing on feeling good in your body, focusing on behaviors versus the requirement that it has to result in weight loss, which is just stressing you out and leaning to the behaviors you're trying to avoid. And so once I was able to also do this work and also just see the benefits, like for example, last night is a great example. I had a family bar mitzvah And in the past, if I were, like, dieting and, like, feeling not good about my body size and all of that, like, I would probably spend the week prior and even, like, the day of thinking, okay, I have to be good, like, if I want to enjoy the cakes there, I don't know what food's going to be there, and then you're constantly thinking about the food and planning, how you're going to navigate the situation, and maybe even the day of, you'll, like, skip dinner or skip a snack or skip lunch in order to be like okay so I can enjoy the food or you go the other extreme and be like okay I'm not having any xyz when I get there and I'm gonna be strong but you're basically spending your whole day and maybe even the whole week just like think like your whole mind instead of like focusing on being present and getting excited for the bar mitzvah for the engagement party for whatever it is you're just consumed with thinking about like how you're gonna navigate this and like food becomes something that's stressful when really The normal way of things and how they should be is like saying, okay, there's food and I trust myself. I'm gonna eat in a way that feels good to me and I'm gonna move on. And so you can be really present. And that's kind of like how last night went down, where I I was excited in the morning. I ate my usual breakfast, my usual lunch, like really just ate as usual, not worrying about what's gonna be there. I knew that whatever will be there, I'll just like enjoy and listen to my body and come home feeling good and also getting dressed up like with my outfit like I bought a dress that fits my hair and out body and like I wasn't worried about is this sticking out is that sticking out like how do I you know how big do I look how small do I look like you got a dress that feels good and when I went to the bar mitzvah it really was that simple like I came I was excited I saw everybody like I saw, you know, whatever foods there were, like, I just took whatever felt good. It wasn't like a struggle to say, oh, I'm not gonna have the cookie. Like, honestly, last night, the cookies that were there, they weren't really like stellar cookies. I mean, it was beautiful, <laughs> it was a beautiful event. They don't always taste as good as they look. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, the sweets table looks gorgeous. But then when you taste something, you're like. Uh, okay it's for display like yeah. this is beautiful and I think that's what intuitive eating also teaches you where if you're dieting and restricting you might find yourself like binge eating on things that you're like I didn't even like that why did I eat it and that's because you're in that restricted mindset and that's the response to that so it's actually telling you that your body's super normal in that it's trying to keep you to protect you in going to even though you don't feel that way that's just how your brain wiring works when you restrict and so last night, for example, with eating intuitively, trusting my body, doing the work of healing body image, it was like, it was just a joyous, fun event. And, you know, I came home, I wasn't bloated. I was feeling good. The next, like today, I just ate my usual breakfast. I'm not thinking about what I ate last right. night. It just becomes so much easier. And that's where intuitive eating, when people are like, well, it's like, you know, okay, I'm going to fix my issues with food and all of that. It extends way beyond that because what you really get back is your brain space and your your mental health and being able to be present in the moment and really reclaiming like the little moments and the big moments in life yeah.
1: so you feel, feel like, like it's... enjoy it it's like what's coming to mind is you know when you have a focus on something that's all you think about that's all you see like even with a little example like if I'm in the market for a stroller I walk in the street and all I see are strollers. Like, I don't even notice the people anymore. I don't know what they're wearing. I could not tell you what like what stores I saw or anything. I just see strollers because I'm so focused on it. Yeah. When I was pregnant with my with my girls, like before then, I'm like, hey, whoever's pregnant, but like when you're pregnant. Yeah. I'm like, everybody's Everybody's
0: pregnant. (laughs) you know, for like what you from what you see.
1: Yeah. And food is it's just it's always going to be on our minds because we can't get away from it like we need to eat a few times a day we need to constantly be nourishing our bodies and then if if we're so focused on it in an unhealthy way it's like you're never going to get away from it taking up all of your brain space
0: exactly and i'm glad you mentioned that because it is like the goal is never not never to to ever think about food because sometimes I have clients who are so exhausted about thinking about food because you know they're binge eating they're stressing they're overthinking it all the time they want to never think about it I'm like that's Mm -hmm. not the goal is not to never think about it because you do need to think about it because you need to nourish your body just like you need to think about taking a shower and getting (laughs) dressed like all these things rather a good way to gauge it is like if you're thinking about food like 60 70 80 90 percent of the time like that is way more space than it needs to be taking but if you're thinking about food like 15 to 20 percent of the time that's normal because you do have to think like hey um especially let's say if you're working and busy like you have to think like what am i gonna take for lunch today that feels good and nourishing to me or like what am i in the mood of or like what am i gonna make for dinner or i have to go grocery shopping and have these foods in the house like those are all like within yeah. the realm of normalcy. And that's okay. Like we're not saying to eradicate any thought of food because that also probably would be an unhealthy extreme.
1: Right. And But you're taking away the charge from thinking about food. Like if you could think about food the way you think about taking a shower, like you don't care that you have to think about taking a shower every day. You know, I mean, unless you have an issue with showers, but you know what I mean? Like if you take away the charge from it and like you talk about like neutralizing your feelings around it, then it's not so stressful to think about food you know, 10% or 15% of the day. Right. I mean, you're probably thinking of it more than
0: just take, like how long it takes you to think about taking a shower, but you guys get the gist. Like-
1: but you, it's the same kind, you can approach it potentially with the same kind of, of care, right, of, of, uh, of stress, you know, the same amount of stress. And then if you're not thinking about it stressfully, then it's not such a problem to you to be thinking about it more. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I find that like, let's say someone will feel stressed about food
0: and like, then they'll say, well, then they they skip lunch because they'll say, oh, I'm just not hungry and whatever it is. And, um, and then they'll end up binge eating later that night because they're basically not eating most of the day, which is what's going to happen when you don't, when, when you're not eating for so long, your body's like, we need food. And then you're not even thinking about what food, especially like when you're, when you're that overly hungry, the part of your brain that actually needs to execute these functions and do like have decision-making it's actually not at its full like capability and capacity to function because you need fuel for your brain like you're actually your brain's preferred fuel source is glucose which is why
1: when people don't have carbs at all they start to get like moody and angry Mm -hmm. that's a whole other conversation you get into like a panic mode you know you're like in like panic survival yeah yeah especially
0: like the more you go without eating the faster the body needs the energy and so if you start to notice that Like maybe when you're comfortably hungry, you're like, oh yeah, I kind of want like that sandwich with like tuna, or maybe I want that like salad with like croutons and salmon, or maybe I want some like, you know, pasta with cheese, I don't know, something like, you know, a meal, but then the hungrier you get the faster the body needs the energy, which means the more prone you are to looking for refined foods. And that is very much intentional on the body's aspect of things, because the more refined the food is, the faster it will get absorbed into the bloodstream, the faster you will get that glucose. And so, yeah, the body's super smart. And so when you're overly hungry and then you come home after a full day of work, I'm not eating lunch, not stopping for a snack, it's been six, seven hours since you ate, and you see that, that, that package of cookies on the counter, don't blame your willpower, your body's literally sending such strong signals to eat, especially refined foods and also like you don't want to wait another minute till you eat and like prepare yourself right. a whole meal to sit down so, and much so quicker. you. quicker. Right. And so you inhale the cookies and then more so it's the reaction to your, to the cookies that usually spirals the binge, because now you're like, oh, I eat the cookies. I feel so guilty. You're blaming it on yourself for not having willpower. And it's like, oh, I ruined the day. Fine. I'm just going to go eat everything, whatever I want. Might as well make an opportunity of this because I ruined my day anyway. And then, <laughs> then And then I'll start again tomorrow. And so the reaction to that as well fuels that all or none mentality when really if you stop to eat like and start to eat consistently immediately even if you continue binge eating because you have food rules immediately you'll 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 start to be able to pay more attention to hunger and fullness but a lot of times people will like you said they get so overthinking with like food rules like well what's healthy what should i eat i don't know they're so used to the diet plan telling them what to eat they get so overwhelmed with even making a food choice that they just avoid it altogether and say okay forget it. i can't make a decision i'm just not going to eat and then they get overly hungry so it's really seeing where your struggle is with with that
1: If you like these sorts of conversations, you will love my picture book, Spark. Spark is a whimsical, modern book that introduces kids and adults to their inner world. Children love the cute illustrations and metaphors and reading Spark is a great way to start a conversation about feelings, self-empowerment, and the soul. You can get it on Amazon by searching for my name, S D Raskin, that's E-S-T-Y-R-A-S-K-I-N. If you like it, leave a review, and I always love hearing your feedback on Instagram. You can find me there at SD Raskin. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, it sounds a lot of this just sounds like a, a path towards freedom in your mind, and you use that word a lot in your, I see in your Instagram, like, do you have more to say about that, just about the freedom part?
0: For sure. And I think that's what I really try to hone in on when I talk about Instagram, my email list, like everywhere that I talk about intuitive eating, I really want to hone in the message that when you make peace with food, it's really not just about the food, it's freedom, life freedom. Because instead of thinking about this event or this date night that you're going on and spending all your energy stressing about what you're going to order from the menu and staying on track and then going and then getting stressed that there's no option that's quote unquote healthier or like you know, approved by the diet and then like you're, you're, whoever you're with, whether it's your girlfriend, partner, husband, whatever it is, order something that you decide is off limits. And then you're like, oh, you can't like hold back from the temptation. So you have one bite of the fries and then you demolish the fries and then you feel guilty. Then you come on feeling bloated. Like, do you, like, as I'm saying it, I could feel the stress already. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like uh, uh, it's this whole layer. Escalating. Yeah. And, and just think about it. When you start to reflect back, then you feel gross. Then it follows you the next day and believing you need to compensate and feeling badly about yourself. And so instead of just, Oh, we're going out tonight. I'm so excited. We're going to connect. We're going to be present. It's going to be fun. The food's going to be delicious. I'm going to come home and be fi- filled. A cup is going to be filled because now I've like had the connection that we as human beings need. You're instead spending all that time having Something that could connect you to your values and to yourself. Instead, you're feeling badly about it, and so when you no longer have those struggles and you trust yourself with food, um, and you trust your body, and you're able to enjoy food without guilt, while also walking away feeling good because you know how, like you know how to listen to your body, you open up the space to just be. To be present, to connect, to enjoy, and to be aligned with your values, which really happiness comes when you're aligned with your values and what is most important to you. And so when you're looking back, when you're 80 years old, you know, you're gonna to wanna to have memories to look back on and say, oh my God, remember that time we went to eat out and like this and that happened? Like that was hilarious. And you'll have these fond memories. Like when you're looking back at pictures, you'll remember how happy you were instead of how stressed you were. Like when I look at pictures, certain pictures, not all pictures, right? There are plenty of pictures where I'm like, that was an amazing moment. But there are certain pictures that I'll look back on and will be like, I remember how badly I was feeling about myself. And when, when you're in the moment and you're present, you'll have more memories to look back on and be like, oh my God, that was like so amazing. And that's really what makes up a good life. When you're, when you're able to be in line with your purpose and able to be present and able to be aligned with your values. And that's ultimately what food freedom gives you. It gives you life freedom. So you could fully show up and also not wait till you're a certain size. Like that's what body piece gives you too. Cause so many people, and this myself included when I was, struggling with this, like you promise these things to yourself. Like, so when I lose weight, then I'll do X, Y, Z, you almost use it as the carrot stick. And like, that's when I could do this, or even believing that you're not able to do it or not worthy of doing it until you're losing weight. And so all these goals and dreams or like experiences that you want to have. You're missing out on them right now. you're not having them because you're constantly waiting to have it be approved by a certain body size. And in the meantime, you're missing out on your life. So really healing your body image, healing your relationship with food. I love that you're bringing this up because yes, it really is ultimately so that you can feel good and open up the space to
1: truly live life fully. That was really beautiful. I want to ask you like just getting into the mind of someone who's maybe listening and seeing a lot about intuitive eating and is like, this sounds really good. This sounds so enticing. I really want to be in that space of mental freedom, but I really don't want to gain the weight. I don't want to gain weight. I don't want to lose my body where it's at now or where I've tried so hard to get it. What if that's stopping someone from exploring this further? What would you say to them?
0: Yeah, first of all, like, understanding them, we live in a culture that's constantly sending you the messages that, you know, weight gain is bad. And again, looking further in the core beliefs of that, like what people believe about about that versus the facts of what it is. And so one, like, I like, it's understandable. And if you feel that way, like, Don't judge yourself on it. It's more so taking time to assess is holding on to that serving you or not and what you want to do because you do have body autonomy. You could decide to like, hey, I'm going to pursue weight loss. This is what I want. And like, you know, as much as intuitive eating sounds nice, I'm not willing to do that. And so that's your journey. And if you want to take that journey, you have the freedom to do that. I always encourage people to reflect on what's truly gonna serve you. Let's look, let's do a reality check in where you're at now. Is that where you wanna stay? Are the actions and like goals you're taking actually in alignment with how you wanna live your life moving forward? And so that's first of all. The other thing I would say is at understanding set waypoint, understanding that your body already has a body size that it wants to be at. And we're not all going to be the same body size. Like body diversity is normal. Just like, you know, we never tell someone, well, if you're like, sure, that means you don't have enough willpower to like grow. three more inches. Your body has a preferred weight that it wants to settle at. And there is a range, like it could, it could range. The set weight point could range between like 10 to 20 pounds, maybe depending on like your situation. And even so it could be that you're at the lower end of your set weight point anyway. So if you're like, well, the set weight point is 10 to 20 pounds. It's like, yeah, but you're at the lower end of your set weight point. So like you're not going to lose weight, except you don't, you, you can't really know, like if you've been dieting for so long and have been on that roller coaster, it's already hard to know what your set weight point is. Cause you've been like yo-yoing for so long, set so weight point could also change. Like dieting is actually a predictor of weight gain, which a lot of people don't know. They like pursue this dieting, the yo-yo diet. And in fact, they're actually going more towards the thing they don't want without like, realizing statistically, a, a diet is a predictor of weight gain. Well, most people who diet gain the weight back. Most. So of course, there'll be someone who listens to this and be like, well, I dieted and it worked and I still have a healthy relationship with food and all of that. And so that's your personal experience. And, you know, that's your freedom and your choice to do. And I don't judge that. I think the issue comes when people start to use personal experience as saying, well, I did it and so can you. But personal Mm -hmm. experience is not evidence-based practice. And when you diet, some of the things that happens, and again, it depends on your history and how long you've been dieting and how extreme, but the point is, is like some people could chronically yo-yo diet and their set weight point will increase. And then some people, their body's more resilient. And maybe if they eat intuitively, they will go back, but we don't know which it is. And holding on to this goal of like, oh, I will lose weight this way is sending you up for like really obstacles and really trusting intuitive eating because you're still holding on to like, hey, I want to lose weight. And we can hold to the the desire of wanting to lose weight. It's more so like it it has to happen. And if it Mm -hmm. doesn't happen, it means X, Y, Z about me. When you eat intuitively and in alignment with your body in a way that feels good, your body will settle at the weight that it wants to be at. So that means you'll either lose weight, gain weight, or maintain. Instead of saying I'm scared to gain weight, it's like, well, what is so horrible about it? Like, let's just say your body does not feel safe or healthy at the way you're at and your body is fighting to put on whatever amount of pounds. Let's just say like, let's just go with a few pounds, right? It wants to put on like a few pounds. That's where you're going to stop obsessing about food. You're going to maintain it easily. And yeah, it will be bigger than you are now but that's the, that's the healthy weight that it wants to be for you, which again, we don't know. It might be, you won't gain weight. It might be you'll lose weight. That's the tricky part here is that there's no guarantee and we like guarantees, but the point is when you are doing intuitive eating, yeah, there is that like unknown of, well, I might, it's an option. I might gain weight. I don't know. I can't know for certain. And so asking yourself, first of all, like, what are you believing is so horrible about it? Because what usually the, fear is the belief about it versus the actual fact Mm -hmm. it's like oh well it means I'm unhealthy or it means that like I'm lazy or it means you know all these messaging that we're getting and so we then do the work of well is that true first of all like I can't even tell you how many times I'll have someone say like well people are gonna think I'm lazy and then I asked, and and they're like such high, like I work with a lot of overachievers, like hyperachievers and like incredible, incredibly like successful women. And like, is that true? Like, if you look at the evidence of your life, would you put yourself in the category of a lazy person? And they're like, well, no, I, I don't. And so the fear of weight gain is also coming back to what's the fear that's underlying that? And it could be also someone will say, well, I fear that like, you know, my, my joints will hurt me or like things like that, which of course there's, there's so many different responses to different situations, but at the end of the day, it's seeing what your options are. Your options are like, where have you been till now with focusing on weight loss? Has it served you or has it really taken you in the opposite opposite direction of what you want? How are you living your life now? Do you want to continue in that way or knowing I'm here to show you an option. I think that's what I say on Instagram. I try to say it often in that I'm just, I'm here to show you there's an alternative. Like right now you're believing that the only way to be healthy and happy is to diet or to micromanage your body size. And I'm opening up a door here. Um, like, I didn't invent this, but like, hopefully I'm the messenger to show you like there's another door. There's another door. And as much as it's scary, it's asking yourself this other path you were on. How many years have you been on it? How is it serving you? And you have a choice. Do you want to continue on that path? Or do you want to venture into the unknown, but knowing that the payoff can be so great because you don't know what you don't know until you do. And what you will know is the possibility of a much better quality of life, one that you're living so much more fully. And free of all that baggage so you really need to one understand that waypoint and that your body is already fighting to be at a certain weight so do you want to continue fighting it because it will settle where it needs to be anyway and two knowing that which path is is serving you which path is not and ultimately you do have the choice to say okay you know am I going to stay in my fear what are the pros and cons of staying in my fear this is what I do all the time yeah If there's that, because I've definitely gotten this question, take a piece of paper, write down, okay, my fears, pros and cons of staying stuck in my fears, which is like, I'm too scared to do intuitive eating because I'll gain weight. So I'm not going to do it. Pros of that would be you're staying with what you know, and that could be a comfort zone. So I don't have to like deal with like these demons. I don't have to like deal with, um, you know, doing, doing this work really, um, It's it's uncomfortable for sure. And then the, but then you write like the cons of that. So the cons of staying in the fear is, well, I stay with my struggles right now. I I still stay with the fear of gaining weight because if you're dieting, you're always fearful of gaining weight. You know, writing down what that is for you, fear of like, I'm always going to feel guilty about food. Like what are the possibilities here? And then you write like, Choosing the unknown of intuitive eating. What are the possibilities and pros and cons? So the cons might be like right now, currently, you're thinking the con would be like, oh my gosh, uh, I might gain weight, which you know there's always room to talk about body image. There's it's such an essential part of healing your relationship with food. The con might be well, what if it doesn't work, right? I have a lot of that. Like well, what if I'm too broken or something, which you're not. And then the pro might be well, there's the possibility that I will finally feel normal with food that I will have all this brain space and mental energy back and like, you know, make breakfast with my kids and actually eat breakfast with them rather than sitting in isolation and having my like egg white omelet, you know, or I had a client actually who she showed me a picture from like, I think it was like five years ago when she was on a diet, like very strict. And she's like, she sent me this picture and she's like, this picture makes me so sad because it's a picture of her kids and her, not her, her kids and her husband eating pancakes. And she had taken a picture of them before she went to walk the dog because she didn't sit with them for breakfast because she was on a diet and she couldn't sit with pancakes at the table. And so she had like her quote unquote, like diet approved meal. And then Mm -hmm. she would make them pancakes and then leave and not have breakfast with them. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I missed out on so many memories, but the silver lining is that now, she sits and eats breakfast with them and she has that moment with them together and their ch- her children get to see a healthy example of living a life with an alignment and a healthy relationship with food. And so thinking about what the possibilities are, like do an inventory of your life of how dieting is impacting you emotionally, physically, mentally. You know, are you stressed when you go to events? Do you feel sick from binge eating? Do you feel overly stressed? Are you in your head the whole time? How much time do you spend on this? And knowing like, hey, there's this possibility that all, of this will
1: be will no longer be there and yeah and we have this belief that like our inner state of guilt and uh, stress and all the stuff that you're talking about is really really tied in to our outer state you know it's tied into where we live it's tied into our family it's tied into how our body looks and opening the door to like that freedom is really opening the door to the possibility that your inner feeling state is not a direct result of your outer state, of how you look and what your circumstances are and what your life looks like. What, something that I'm really big on is this distinction between our outer world and our inner world. So we have this whole world of thoughts and feelings and the experience we have of life. And then we have what our life looks like. And people really smush the two together and they're like, a life that looks like this feels like this. And we don't even realize that we're doing it, you know? Oh, you just hit me really hard with that. I love that for
0: sure, because we do this all the time when we look at other people thinking that if I have this, if, and it comes back to body image too, well, if I looked like her, then I for sure would be happy
1: and assuming how she feels inside which is totally a guess which i will just tell you from my
0: experience with working with clients okay like just so you just so people know this and like i've worked with women of all sizes from like model thin to really large and it is astounding i'm not going to say the lived experience is the same because it's not someone who's thin and someone who's large there are differences in like let's say going clothing shopping or fitting into spaces and we have to acknowledge that and address it in different ways but in terms of the belief system about themselves and what they believe about their body it's incredible to me to see how the similarities of their belief about themselves regardless of body size and that's just to hone in on how true it is that you believing your body size is going to change how you feel about your body is most of the time like not true because your the issue is body image which is a belief system not body size and you can do this little test for yourself in thinking about a time when you were smaller and how many times do people look back at a picture of themselves when they were smaller and think why did i think i needed to lose weight why did i hate my body at that size man what would i do to be that thin again but in the moment when you were smaller you were still struggling and so that is evidence in your life that what needs to be healed at its core so you can truly live freely and feel good is body image which is the inner work and the belief system than it is about body size so i love that you that you brought that up cuz ah oh, it's so true we think if our life looks a certain way we're going to feel a certain way but happiness enoughness worthiness is like an inner state of being and i felt yeah. that like directly with myself Not just with body image, like in other things, you know, like business, even you have all these goals that you check off and you're like, okay, when I get to this many followers, when I get to this much revenue a month, when I get to this many clients, then I'll feel like legit, then I'll feel like you promise yourself (laughs) all these things. It's crazy. And then the scary thing that happened to me, which I think is scary. It's like, I got all the things, like I worked towards all these things and slowly but surely I was checking off all these boxes and like, I accomplished this. I did this. I reached this goal. And it like, something within me was just like, this is not it. This is like, something's missing. Like, and it's scary because you realize no matter how much money you're making, no no matter how much followers you have, how much clients you have, If you're not actively working on your inner state, like you said, and really learning to feel enough, regardless of all of that and feel worthy and know who you are, it can be really scary because you can keep chasing things thinking, you know, whether you're chasing body size, whether you're chasing, you know, a business goal, whether you're chasing a certain recognition or respect from people and you might get it. And it'll be very, very disappointing when it only just, the chase only gets greater because you're not actually addressing what needs to be addressed, which is your inner state of being. And so that's something I've really been working on lately in like coming back home to myself. Like regardless of what the accomplishments are, you need to feel whole and enough with yourself because nothing else, again, it really comes back to what Brene Brown said, which I love this quote. Belonging will only go so far as self-acceptance. You really need to come back to do the inner healing and no one can do that for you. You most definitely can hire people to support you and help you which I've done for sure and that's amazing or have people in your life that support you or seek them out or find support groups listen to podcasts definitely getting help to do that but at the end of the day you still are left with yourself and having to do that inner work and that's not glamorous like in our culture like the Mm -hmm. the glamour with diet culture is that it's very visible and it's all about like you know what you know so often what other people think and I know a lot lot of times people will say well it's not about what other people think it's my own quality of life and you know there could be truth to that for sure but at the end of the day it's all about accomplishing that external state like you said but if you're not first and foremost addressing the internal state and that is not at peace and that is not in alignment no matter how much you check off the external state it's just never going to feel enough
1: yeah and I think what we do subconsciously, not intentionally, you know, this is just how how we grew up. It's part of being a human is that when we don't have a really strong sense of self and a strong sense of who am I, what am I doing here, what matters to me, you know, all of this stuff, then we just start defining ourselves by our externals. So how our body looks. So if I want to feel good about myself, I have to feel good about my body. And then we have this idea of what my body is supposed to look like so it's got to be that in order for me to feel good about myself and then we get hit with nope not that you know like you get to your ideal weight and you and you look great but then it's like oh I I still have my the rest of me like that I haven't taken care of yeah or more specifically I would say the ideal weight that society says yeah. is ideal because your
0: ideal weight is your set weight point but in your mind if I'll have people say that well my ideal weight is xyz and I say well how do you know that's your ideal yeah. weight? like have you sustained that easily did that like you know was that something where you were in a healthy place when you were able to sustain that weight yeah a hundred percent and like people can you know get this place of like the external like checking off okay I've reached this body size and then oh my gosh like there that's like this is not like, why am I still not happy?
1: Yeah. Or confident in the way
0: that I thought I would be.
1: Yeah. And I want to ask you about what, besides for the food and body image and food freedom benefits, what have you seen people benefit from when doing this intuitive eating work? Like what else benefits in people's life? What are the other payoffs? Other than having a peaceful relationship with food and better
0: body image. I think a big payoff is the freedom. Like they don't even, I think a lot of people, they, they're they too scared to do intuitive eating because they really, really, they've been so disconnected for so long. They don't even know what life would look like if they're not struggling. And it's hard to pursue something that you don't know exactly what you're pursuing. Because I asked this question when I meet with someone on a discovery call to see if like we're a great fit to work together. That's one of the questions I asked them, like, you know, let's fast forward sometime in the future. We're talking like six months later and we're celebrating a win for you and it's like more peaceful. Like, what does that look like? What does that feel like to you? And so often the response would be like, I've been struggling so long. I don't even know what life would look like without the struggle. Like, I don't even know. And so real, like, I think a lot of the benefits is people- Seeing all the the life that they're living and the presence that they have, not even realizing that they didn't have it or that it was possible for it to be like this. Another benefit is, will they physically feel better? Mm -hmm. They show up with more, again, they show up with more energy and presence to whatever it is they're doing, whether it's their job, whether it's their kids, they, they have more of that energy because they're also eating in a way that feels good. Improved health. I think a lot of people, think like well if I eat whatever I want like how's that healthy and all of that first of all again intuitive eating is not just about your taste buds it's also about feeling good and caring for your body from a place of self-care and listening to it in that way as well and so you're gonna want eventually you're gonna see like you don't want the cakes and cookies all the time even though you have permission to eat only cakes and cookies if you want but you're probably gonna be like burnt out at some point and being like, I want like to eat balance. And I definitely get to that point with clients where they kind of stop binge eating. But then the next level is like, okay, well now I really just want to like, energetic and good. And so we start to work on nutrition in a very balanced way. Like let's add some vegetables, you know, let's add protein. Let's see where we can add nourishing things. And by default things balance out. And so as a result, you get better health. You know, I've had clients with blood sugar issues who by, first of all, by stopping to binge eat, you're already improving your blood sugar. By learning to honor your hunger fullness, you're already improving your blood sugar because you're not allowing it to get too low and then spike and get too high by overeating. And then we do the gentle nutrition practices instead of like no carbs or like it's more so understanding food in a very non-judgmental way and their blood sugars improve without having to focus on weight or having that be a requirement or like lowered blood pressure, improved like cholesterol, like there are definitely like health wise, also stress increases your cortisol, which promotes inflammation, which promotes disease. So the stress and guilt around food in of itself is really impacting your health. You know, there's a very big association between GI issues and eating disorders, because um, when you're stressed, when you're anxious, when you're feeling guilty, that impacts your gut and the ability to absorb nutrients, which by the way, it's not exclusive to like an eating disorder. So even if you have disordered eating, this is impacting you to a certain extent where if you're eating a salad, but you're feeling like it's a chore and you're stressed and you're feeling guilty and you're eating it because you feel guilty for eating the cookie before. And you're not in a rested, calm state and your body's feeling that stress and guilt. The absorption rate of the nutrients in that salad even is not at its optimal rate. Like if you would be eating it because you want to eat a salad and you're eating it in a relaxed state instead of a hurry. And so the benefit of eating intuitively is when you're at a peaceful place with food your body actually has the ability to digest food better to absorb the nutrients better and you have ultimately improved health and so you know the freedom the moments you get back improved health peace of mind there's so much like
1: there's just so much but that's just like what's coming to mind right now so can you just let us know how people can find you
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, my favorite place to hang out is Instagram at dietitian.rachelgoodman. If you listen to this podcast, you have any thoughts, I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you think, what your takeaway was. Connect with me there. You could also, um, like if you're struggling with, your relationship with food and you feel chaotic with food and out of control I actually have a free guide that will walk you through the essential steps to stop feeling that way and to enjoy your favorite foods and amounts that feel good it's called three steps to stop feeling out of control with food
1: and I'll I'll give you the link so you could link that and download that I love that because if someone just wants to like dip their toes in that sounds like a perfect place to start Yeah, absolutely. And you could print it out. It's like this workbook, like you can write it in and it really
0: walks you through so that you don't feel overwhelmed because there's definitely certain things on the process that people do that can like scare them. And then they say, okay, forget, I'm not doing it. And so this guide is really to help you ease into it. And like, you could also write down It's interactive. So definitely it's a free guide. You could, you could download that. It's available All the time. And I also have a podcast where I talk more about like different topics on intuitive eating. So if there's anything more specific you want to learn about, it's like, you know, each episode has a topic. So that's called More Than What You Eat podcast. You can also find it on my website, rachelthenutrition.com forward slash podcast. I love speaking. So if you have an event and you want to learn more about this, you're um, good at it. (laughs) Thank you. Like, have an interactive conversation. Like, if you have more questions, if you're listening to this and like, "Mm, this sounds intriguing but like, I have this question or like, I want to talk through this. So like reach out, you know, I love having that face-to-face interaction and spreading this message. And like the more your community and like your circles can know about this, then the more also support you have, like a lot of people don't even know this exists. And so learning that there's another option. So you can reach out on Instagram to me about that. You can email me, Rachel at rachelthenutrition.com, or you can go to my speaking page, rachelthenutritioncom forward slash speaking. Yeah. And in general, in terms of like I have online courses, group coaching, one-on-one coaching, you can find all of that at rachelthenutrition.com or email me or reach out to me on Instagram. Um I Lots try to ways. be as much as I can. Yeah, I try to be as much as I can on top of things. That's great. Um, you can get through. Yeah, that's way.
1: where you could connect. Thank you so, so much. This was so fantastic. And I'm sure it's gonna help a lot of people that are either have either never heard of intuitive eating or are just curious and you know need a starting point and thank you so much thanks for your time thanks for having me and for helping spread this message i really appreciate it. this
0: was a wonderful conversation and i hope it helped people people too so thanks
1: you can co-create this podcast with me by sending feedback and ideas for future episodes to sd at co-create. co-create.cafe. that's esty at co-create.cafe or on Instagram at sdraskin. If you like this episode, you can help more people listen to it by sharing it and by leaving a review. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.